Welcome into the Fantasy Football Fathers podcast where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. What up? Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. Jeez. My energy doesn't match that. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, week seven just came to a finish, and so here we are in week eight. The Bipocalypse is over. Uh, congrats to those that made it through with a win. Tough, tough week. Crazy week. Um, not as many teams on by next week. Thank the Lorsch. Um, but... We still got to do waivers. So uh, week eight waiver wire show today to help you through the waiver wire situation. Uh, I'll touch on a couple of the major news topics. Do a little buy or sell since that's kind of turned into a waiver wire show tradition. And then we'll do a little Thursday night preview. Um, And then we'll preview the rest of the games on our Thursday episode that'll come out on Thursday. Or it'll come out on Friday. That's right. Yep, it'll come out on Friday. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, Friday. Uh, <laughs> so uh, make sure you give us a, a like, a follow, at the FF Fathers on Twitter. Uh, holla at us. Let us know what you think, how much we suck, how great we are. Uh, ask us questions, whatever. Uh, we are here to help. So. Let's get right into the week eight. Major news. <laughs> that was loud. Sorry for that. <laughs> it's always it's always really fun to edit, too. <laughs> Just like a sonic boom into the microphone. Oh, yeah, last week, I was like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> news nuke, dude. Um, okay, well, <laughs> the major news, um, Mr. Joe... Slick talking Joe Flacco to the Jets per Schefter. Said no one ever. <laughs> uh, so the he's being traded for a conditional pick. The conditional pick would be a six-rounder that could become a fifth round um, depending on Flacco's playing time. So uh, Zach Wilson's probably going to miss some time with the PCL injury he suffered last week. Um, so they're bringing Flacco in and I expect he will probably play over Mike White. Um, you guys' thoughts on this move for me, it kind of just hopefully will bring maybe a little more consistency to the top targets, really just Corey Davis. (laughs) Well, (laughs) maybe Elijah Moore, please. So the Jets are playing on Sunday, right? Yes. So, I mean, technically he has like maybe three full practices to get in with this team. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. I, I feel like the backup it would really just be like a better option for him at this point. If it's like only three practices with that playbook, I don't know how much different the playbook is than like the Ravens, but it doesn't yeah. seem like Flacco's a good, like a person to say he would start this week. Oh, no. Um, And probably wouldn't start the weapons if you don't have to. A lot of people probably did last week with – with uh, the buys, but Corey Davis still was able to put up a decent showing, even with Mike White um, in the game. Oh, I wasn't even talking about like 
I'm just, I just mean like starting in general, not like starting on fantasy football. Oh, yeah. I just mean even like playing in the game. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I mean, you're probably just going to have to wait and see, you know, what happens there with that trade. But I don't know, veteran quarterback, maybe in the coming weeks he gives a little stability to to the weapons there in New York. They got to do something because it's looking really bad. Yeah, honestly, uh, even the last few times he has started, he's looked like absolute yeah, ass. Yeah, I know. It's um, I honestly think that this the only thing that this boosts is Michael Carter. I think they end up leaning more on the running game here, um, and he gets a few more touches. Not to mention, he had nine targets and eight catches out of the backfield last week. Um, if that continues, probably will Joe Flacco is you know as good of an arm as he used to have. I'm not sure if he still has it. Well, he'll be getting he'll be utilizing those Ben Roethlisberger drop-offs <laughs> to the running back, I'm sure, like we see a lot of veteran quarterbacks do, um, which is great news for running back options. Uh, next Joe piece. Flacco, I just want to bring it up. Like his his stats are so, <laughs> so mediocre. <laughs> I was just like kind of looking back just to see. Like Obviously, he's an NFL quarterback, but it's just like so it's, it's so mediocre. Every season he has, he's like barely getting more touchdowns and interceptions. I had faith in him until I saw this stat line. Honestly. <laughs> well, I mean, you have to remember, like, you remember how he was always a board, like, is he elite? And most people were like, no. But people kept hanging on to it because he had that one amazing postseason yeah. where, when they won the Super Bowl where he just played out of his mind. Yep. And, like, people hung on to that for years after it. Hey, you win a Super Bowl, <clears throat> people will continue to give you chances. Uh, yeah. You got that title, Super Bowl winning quarterback. Are we are we moving on from Joe Flacco right now? Is yeah, trying to. Well, <laughs> I, I'm not going to let it happen. I'm, I'm genuinely curious if you guys think Joe Flacco, if he's starting, would be better than Zach Wilson. No. Uh, I mean, fantasy wise, no. It wouldn't be tough to do though. <laughs> you know, I know, but I'm still saying no. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think he could improve some options there. Um, honestly, in some time, I I don't think you can immediately start anyone. Well, if you have a Jets wide receiver, it kind of gives you hope because it's like something different. So yeah. you're like, okay, maybe something different will make him better. Like as far as Corey Davis or Jamison Crowder, if you're holding on to someone like that, you know. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. The chance is there. Uh, Deshaun Watson f- getting close. The the trade rumors are heating up, Assuming, um, assumingly. That's kind of the rumors going around. Uh, the trade deadline is coming up next week. Uh, it looks like Miami or Carolina or are the um, the front runners right now for Deshaun Watson. Um, it is likely that he gets traded this week, early next week, and could possibly even be playing right away. So out of those two, two out of those two teams, um, which first of all, which team would you rather see him go to? And what do you what do you think it does fantasy implications? Um, I'd rather see him go to Miami because I think even as boo terrible as <laughs> <laughs> as terrible as Wrong. they've been so far this year, I think their roster is more playoff ready than the Panthers are. Uh, you know, the Panthers look great the first three weeks of the year and have fallen flat in their faces since, including their defense. So uh, I think Miami is a better option for him. I have the same argument, but for the Panthers. <laughs> really? Yeah. Earlier in the season, I thought the Panthers might be like a deep playoff team because they had a, a strong defense and a strong run game. Obviously, things are a little bit different now, and Sam Darnold's turning the ball over like a mofo, which I think is 
making their defense look worse than what it is. I think if Deshaun Watson goes to the Panthers, that's a super good team to be on. I already like Miami the way they are, honestly, and I guess I'm being a little selfish. I I, I already have yeah. um, stakes in in the two the two stock market. <laughs> But, I mean, honestly, I, I really feel like if he went to Carolina, he would have a better fantasy season than if he went to Miami. Tua, your start of the week last week, finished as QB1. One. one. What, he was week. rostered in like 40% of leagues? Quite the call there. Maybe a little biased after that nice call. <laughs> it is. He's had some good games this year. <laughs> it, is. It, is, it is biased. It is, the sample size is small, no, but it's I'd... promising. Yeah, I'm just flipping you. It is. I mean, I I definitely was off on that one. I t- said I wasn't a believer and well, kind of eating crow on it, but uh, can't get them all. It's uh, only, it was a reach. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it, not, it, three games or three starts this week or this year, and three you know productive games out of him. So you know there is some promise there now. Um, I'm starting to starting to turn, starting to turn a little bit. We'll see what happens this coming week. Yeah. Turn to two. Uh, <laughs> I, like, to I, like, <laughs> I like the idea of him going to Carolina like with a declining Sam Darnold. We're kind of seeing the same old Sam now. Um, Chris McCaffrey comes back. They get a quarterback that obviously is the caliber of Deshaun Watson. That offense could become pretty explosive. Now, also, this could be a completely moot point because – the only reason the NFL has not suspended Deshaun Watson is because the Texans have kept him off the off the field. The second that he gets traded, and if a team decides they're going to play him, I can I'm like eighty percent sure the NFL will step in and then suspend Deshaun Watson or put him on the exempt list to where they can't play him anyways. Well, yeah. that that's what makes me wonder why Mike Garofalo even said that. Like, what does he know that makes him think that Watson's going to step in and play immediately for whatever team he comes to? I mean, just saying that, I feel like, is a reach. We were just talking about if Joe Flacco is going to start having three practices. You know, I mean, it's a new quarterback on a new system. You can't just, like, throw a guy out there, you know, especially if he has legal problems and doesn't know the playbook. That's true. I I have a kind of a feeling that, like, if either one of these teams do trade for him, then they are going to consider this season as a wash, and they expect him to be back and ready for them next year and not really expect him to do anything this year. Yeah, it's certainly interesting, though, in, from a fantasy perspective. Obviously, if he's not already claimed, maybe make some room for him this week and see what happens. Um, but let's uh, let's move on right into the waivers. Uh, we'll start at the running back position. Uh, I got a few of them here for you this week. Kenneth Gainwell owned in or, man, or rostered in 38% of leagues. Um, uh, not a great rushing day. He only had five attempts for 20 yards last week, but he had eight targets through the air, four receptions, 41 yards, and a touchdown. And as most of everyone knows, Miles Sanders got hurt. He looks like he's going to miss some some time with that ankle. Um. Also, you know, Boston Scott, we should probably bring up here, um, rostered in 6% of leagues. Seven attempts, 24 yards, and a touchdown. A couple of targets through the air. Um, Really, Boston Scott might be the main runner here while Kenneth Gainwell continues his kind of receiving work and maybe a few carries here or there. He lost a fumble, Gainwell did, uh, in the game as well, and that kind of 
they kind of lot they kind of went to Boston Scott after that. But what are your guys' thoughts about the Eagles running back situation? Honestly, I think it's tough. It seems obvious at first. Like Kenneth Gainwell seems like the obvious uh, fantasy guy to go for with his uh, receiving production. And I mean, he's still got four guards to carry, you know, five, five carries for 20 yards. That's pretty solid. He's not getting a lot of care, a lot of carries. The thing that kind of pushes me off of him is like Boston Scott does look really good when he is on the field. Um, at least last week when he was playing against the Raiders, like, um, every time he was on the field, I thought he looked really good and explosive. And that might eat into the fact that whoever's going to replace Miles Sanders touches, it probably be more Boston Scott than Kenneth Gainwell. That's what that's what I'm leaning towards. Just the way he was running yeah. last week. Yeah, I agree. Um, honestly, I think they both need to be rostered and basically everywhere. But I'm not rushing to start either one of them either. I think you're gonna see similar to what we have now. Boston Scott taking over more the Miles Sanders role, getting a little more of the traditional carries with Gainwell still being your guy out of the backfield receiving wise, which makes it still a kind of a dicey play to flex either one of them. Every, you know, week in and week out. Yeah, the Eagles' offense has just kind of been not great overall, and uh, I mean that's honestly an understatement. Uh, <laughs> fantasy wise, I mean I'm I was a trying Jalen, to be nice. <laughs> I know. I mean, their offense has been really bad. Jalen Hurts is producing fantasy wise. Uh, yeah, but that's, real life, real life just... football has been bad, and the rest of his tar- of his the weapons on this offense haven't been very good either, outside of the tight end production. Yeah, so. Probably looking to fade them this week, but if you're in a pinch, I guess, you know, pick up Gainwell and, and hope they're playing from behind and he gets a lot of receiving work. I'm going to bring up a really weird stat here. So they're playing the Lions this week, right? And the Lions are giving up 23 points oh, a week well. to running backs. But check this out. They only gave up five points to the Ravens. This is after all those injuries, right? But one of the strongest running teams in the NFL. All the yards probably went to Lamar on that. They only gave five points to the Rams last week. Yeah. Rams running backs. To all running backs, really? All running backs. Last week, wow. they let the Rams ran 17 times for 49 yards, no touchdowns, six targets, and three receptions for 19 yards. That's all running backs for the Rams last week. I'm not sure if that's game script or what, but the Lions, they've obviously given up, and they gave up 35 to the Bears, 38 to the Packers, 26 <laughs> to the 49ers, 34 to the Bengals. So it's like either they're doing really good for whatever reason, I'm not sure, or they're doing horrible. So. Maybe like the definition of a real boomer bust play with those guys this week. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's that's super interesting, actually. It really is. Yeah. Um moving on here to Samaje P. Ryan, rostered in ten percent of leagues. Uh it was kind of surprising to see the backfield was basically split between him and Joe Mixon this week. Uh they basically got equal work. Um and they play the Jets next week. So I feel like this kind of moves Samaj P. Ryan into possible standalone value. If they get that same workload next week against, you know, we just saw what the Patriots did to the Jets uh, in week seven. And um, I think they had three top 15 running backs. I think all three of them were, I think Harris, Bolden and Ramondre and JJ Taylor Ramondre Ramondre no he was out he he was uh, pulled out of the game before no I just wanted to say his name he was inactive so um, anyways um, yeah I think Samaj Piran becomes a play next week Um, I mean if I don't know man 
here's the, here's the thing. I know they basically split carries. Uh, 12 carries for Mixon, 11 for P. Ryan. P. Ryan had 52 yards. 46 came on a single touchdown run, though. That is a little... I mean, that means outside that he had 6 yards on 10 carries. Yeah. Not exactly a good average. That's everything I need to hear. But do you see them <laughs> getting a lead and Samaj P. Ryan getting more work even if they're up big with Mixon, who we know... You know, they want to keep healthy, obviously. He's been dealing with stuff, and I mean, I, I could see that, that game script playing out pretty easily. <laughs> I, I could see it, with but Joe I mean... Joe Flacco starting a quarterback. <laughs> I mean, I could see it, sure. Uh, do I want to bank on that? No. I mean, this week's not as bad for buys as it was last week. I think you have better ways of going than Samaj P. Ryan. Even if he can deadlift the car. <laughs> He does have promising upside. I, I will say that, definitely. The game script might favor it. But honestly, I, I feel bad because every time I count the Jets out, I feel like they kind of like surprise me in a way. They they don't prove me wrong, but they're just like, oh, you think we're going to suck? Like, we're just going to not do as bad as we usually do. <laughs> I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs> slightly better. Uh, let's move on here to our next back. Speaking of New England, who played the Jets last week, Brandon Bolden. Uh, also rostered in 10% of leagues. Uh, he had a huge receiving day, seven targets, six receptions, 79 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, only had two rushing attempts on the day, but kind of looked like he put his stamp on the receiving role in New England. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Brandon Bolden? I mean, he he got the points because of the touchdown. I think he still remains like a deep league flex stream at the most you know i mean that's his first time scoring this year almost all of his touches are receiving touches and even then um this is the most he's had all year with seven targets six catches and that six catches ties the most he's had all year other than that it's like one catch four catches six catches three catches pretty small volume so it would unless i'm in a deep league i'd shy away yeah, I agree. The only person I'm going to still feel confident in is Damian Harris. Uh, the other guys are going to be completely hit or miss. Uh, you probably have better ways of going. I mean, J.J. Taylor had two, had two touchdowns, but, I mean, it was only on nine carries. And he had 21 yeah. yards. I mean, J.J. Taylor, that was basically when the game was already over, uh, when he scored those touchdowns, and they were up by a lot. So I think they were just giving him some work, uh, keeping Harris healthy. He's not that interesting to me, but Brandon Bolden is interesting to me. No one knows why Stevenson was an inactive. Um, it, it, at this point, all we can assume is they just went with those three guys, and who knows if that's going to be it moving forward, but I think Brandon Bolden's worth a cheap ad because if he does claim that receiving role out of that backfield, that's been one of the more value the on, like the only valuable role we've seen in the New England backfield for the last how many years, you know. Um whoever's running the ball, you kind of have to take your pick. At this point they're kind of stuck with Harris, but if Brandon Bolden is getting 100% of the receiving work, that's fantasy value for sure to me. Yeah, honestly, I I'm getting more convinced now. Especially with this whole Ramondre Stevenson thing and how uh the Patriots are just uh, very quick to give up on running backs. <laughs> it seems like no, Bill Belichick Steven- is. I thought Stevenson was going to be a play last week, and he was just a- inactive. <laughs> well, see, that's what I'm getting at. It's yeah. like honestly, like knowing the Patriots so, and Bill Belichick, 
I wouldn't be surprised if we never saw Ramondre Stevenson <laughs> suit up again. Yeah. Wait, do we know that he's still yeah. alive? Yeah. What, on, I, is he on the flight? It sounds like a joke, but I'm being dead serious. No, I know, I know. That's I, why. I don't that's the, actually why it's funny though, because it's like it's so serious, and at the same time, you're like, damn, that's actually true. Yeah. Right? Like, oh boy, that like fumbled, or what did he do? Like, oh, he missed practice. Like the day after he had a great game, had like 240 yards for the Patriots. Remember that running back? Um, we don't remember his name because he had one good game for the Patriots, <laughs> but he missed practice the next day or whatever or film, and then um, Bill Belichick just like threw him to the side. Yeah, yeah, he was a healthy scratch. They never said why. Uh, maybe they sometimes coaches do weird things like that though, like you know, put him in put him in his place. Maybe he was acting out, or maybe they, he was just like, hey, I want to get these other guys some looks too. Um, I can see you know Belichick doing that too. Um, I don't know, but it's certainly a situation to. To stay up, to stay you know up on because I think if Stevenson is back again next week, then you immediately lose the value in uh, uh, Brandon Bolden. Yeah, um, it's definitely interesting. So I think Bolden worth an ad this week just to see how that all plays out. Like if you're stashing Stevenson, you might even drop Stevenson for Bolden and see what happens, uh, especially in a full PPR. Uh, let's move on though to the receivers. Um, Rashad Bateman, we talked about the last couple weeks, uh, but wanted to throw him on here again, just because it's kind of the last call for Rashad Bateman, uh, waiver wire ad. Uh, he is rostered in 52% of leagues right now. Um, last week he had six targets, three receptions for 80 yards. He's on by this week, but looked really Explosive, in my opinion, last week. Um, and I think there's an instantaneous spot for him on this offense. Hollywood kind of dominated in targets last week with 14, uh, but they finished with the same amount of yards. So um, I think Bateman has a role going forward, and um, he could be a, a fantasy asset moving forward. So you should be picking him up uh, this week. I think it's the last week you probably can. Well, maybe next week too, since he's on by this week. Uh, and do it now, man. The writing's on the wall. It really is. Like you, you, you're yeah. pointing it out. Um, I mean, just the fact that Hollywood Brown has been getting that. Like he's been getting a lot of targets for most of his career and not really producing that much. It's not necessarily his fault. It might be Lamar's. Like maybe fifty-fifty between both of them. Yeah, only but, five receptions on fourteen targets. Yeah. But that's pretty consistent, honestly, like for his career, I feel like maybe not that many targets, but like a lot of targets, not many catches, high yards per catch. Yeah. And Bateman is just proving to be more, uh, more productive on fewer targets. So it just makes sense that they would give him the ball more over time. Bateman looked good, man. He I'm, did. I'm just saying. And Trey, you're completely right. Marquise Brown has had a ton of targets over the course of his career with very little catches, um, but you know, the high yardage. Um, this was the year that looked like it was changing. He was catching most of his targets, and then all of a sudden this game went, like, it reverted back to his rookie season all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, really confusing. I mean, we talked about it a couple weeks ago when Bateman first came back off the IR after his first game, and we were like, is this concerning that they're looking so even in terms of the passing game? And I think it is. Um, they're, I mean, for for the uh, Ravens themselves, like, football-wise, it's, it's great it's for great. them. It's great. That's exactly what they need. Exactly. For, to win football games, yes, but you know we don't care about that. This is fantasy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, I mean, you don't care care whether you, that team wins or loses, as long as your guy produces. Um, and with that being said, if this is the way it's going to go, 
I think at best they're high, they're low end receiver twos or high end flex plays week in and week out. Yeah, so go get him before he has a huge game, and then, uh, then you can't get him. Uh, yeah, I thought he looked really great this week. I texted you guys in the group chat, and I said it, and nobody replied. <laughs> Ghosted. Sorry, man. I, I'm working Ghosted. the weekend. It's hard. <laughs> Talk to this guy. He's probably I wasted. Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, man, Rashad Bateman looks great. Like two hours later, I'm just like, I guess it's just me. No, no <laughs> idea what I was doing, but I was doing something. All right, um, T.Y. Hilton uh, rostered in 46% of leagues. Expected to be back this week against the Titans. Figured we should probably bring him up. Um, uh, he was almost available this this past week against the Niners. Ended up not playing. Uh, but go pick him up if if he's still available in your leagues. He feels like more of a, like a deep league guy to me, uh, like a deep league pickup. I know he's going to come back in and kind of like um, be above Zach Pascal or is it Pascal, however you pronounce Pascal, it. Pascal, yeah. But that guy has been like pretty productive. And Michael Pittman, I just don't understand how they would um, regress his role at all. It, it wouldn't make sense to me. He's just been more and more productive the more they give him chances. So T.Y. Hilton, I think he might kind of be put on the back burner, but who knows? He, he might end up putting himself in like that 2.5 role, I guess you would call it. Yeah. Worth yeah. a look. Um, you, I was actually surprised that Pittman had such few targets in this game with T.Y. being out. Plus, Wentz had one of the, his better games in the last year and a half. Yep. Um, Pittman only had four targets, caught all four of them. And his touchdown catch was was great. I mean, he absolutely just muscled that dude. Um, Drake to get Patrick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it was. Who was talking shit the play before, and then they <laughs> yeah. went right back at him, scored the yeah, game. Yeah, Pittman said, uh, bet, bet, homie. And, uh, <laughs> and he showed him up. Um. With that being said, like I, I'm super confused because like we saw Pittman's target share go way down the week that Ty did play, and then it stayed down the week when T next week when Ty is out. So, I think Pittman still produces for you, but I'm still scared of with Ty's presence what that does for Pittman. In terms of Ty, uh, probably a flex play the rest of the year, um, low end flex play because I think he's gonna be a little hit or miss, but he should probably be rostered in most leagues. Uh, Darius Slayton rostered in 23% of leagues right now. Uh, Slayton returned in week seven after missing three games with a hamstring. Um, and he was the beneficiary of absences from Kadarius Tony, Sterling Shepard, and Kenny Galladay, um, who were all missing week seven with their, their own injuries. Um, Slayton had nine targets, uh, but Dante Pettis was also involved. Um, so what are your guys' thoughts on Darius Slayton and even Dante Pettis, you know, the, the ghost of San Francisco? Um, what are your thoughts on those guys? Are you picking them up, or are they not really worth it with the the other three likely to return soon? Honestly, I I feel like uh, Slayton and Pettis; those are guys like, if you're interested, like uh, throw them on the watch list. You know, and maybe wait a couple of days and see what's up with the other injuries on the Giants. I don't think these guys will be written like really high demand, so you're not gonna miss out on Slayton or Pettis. For you, almost definitely will not miss out on Pettis. I don't <laughs> yeah. think, maybe because he got the touchdown, but just put them on the watch list. Wait a couple of days and keep an eye on Tony and Shepard. I, I guess in Galladay too. All all three of those guys like. 
honestly, that brings me to a point. It's like, well, how good can this offense really be if all of those guys are healthy? Those are some pretty good receivers, especially with like what we saw from Kadarius Tony. Yeah. Couldn't agree more there, honestly. Um, I think Slayton yeah. is the guy, if you're going to target one of them, it's got to be Slayton. Um, right. The second Pettis, or the second the other guys come back to being healthy, Pettis is completely out of this offense. Yep. Um, Slayton, it's hard. The thing is, like, once all four of them are there, we have no idea what the pecking order is here. Yeah. You know, like, like who who's going to be the be the one through four? Yeah, I, that's that's a true question because it was almost like Sterling Shepard for a while, mm-hmm. and now Kadarius Tony's made some plays, and Kenny Galladay is Kenny Galladay. So let's play a quick game between Tony <laughs> Shepard and Galladay. Just say the last name of the guy you think. We'll have the least amount of targets when all three are healthy. Ready? One, two, three. Tony. Holiday. <laughs> I didn't hear what Irby said. said. Tony. You both said Tony. I said Tony yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I think that's only because he's a rookie and he's still trying to figure his way out in the NFL. Yeah. And he's. I think there's a learning curve for him. Like where Jamar Chase came in and started to dominate immediately, Tony didn't. Tony's had one good game, so I think he's still trying to figure his way out, and the injury only derails that. Yep, I kind of have the same sentiment. I think they're going to lean on the the veteran guys, Galladay and Shepard, if they can. Um, so why do you think Shepard, though? I mean, he dominated. No, I said Galladay. Oh, Galladay. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Ju- just statistically speaking, and like the small sample size from Tony, I think like Tony could really command a, a stronger target share, and then Galladay would be the one that kind of bites the bullet besides like maybe red zone targets. Right. I mean, honestly, if you we were talking about like in a dynasty league, Tony's the one I want out of all four. Oh, of them. for sure. Yeah. Um, Cause I expect him to be, you know, a very good player going forward. I just, this season is, you know, if we're talking about standard leagues, NFL coaches, <laughs> NFL coaches <laughs> who, who um, typically don't agree with us fantasy people that, you know, we all want to see Tony get all the targets. Right. Yeah. But that's, well, he, he probably good. is the most, talented one out of the four yeah. of them but yeah. when you're you know there's a steep learning curve for rookies and it's just tough uh moving on Khalif Raymond uh only rostered in seven percent of leagues but kind of stood out this week for the Lions hauling in six of eight targets for 150 15 yards um he's kind of been the most consistent wide receiver on the team to this point um in four out of the last five games uh, he's seen six or more targets. Um, so if they keep going his way, I think he might be worth a deep league stash, PPR stash. Um, we kept talking about Amon Ra, St. Brown, but it looks like they're leaning more on the veteran a little bit. Um, and he looked pretty good last week in that game against the Rams. Um, I kept being like, who is this? <laughs> Every time he catch the ball. And uh, it was Khalif Raymond, and he looked explosive. So, um, you know, they that's what they just need weapons there. Um, and so, anyways, he could be a a deep deeper add um, for you if you need receivers. I mean, honestly, if you're really struggling, he he's not the worst. He, like his uh his floor looks like it's kind of hovering around like six points. Yeah, he's really the only one that's like got any consistency i mean i mean it definitely has some dud games but oh, yeah. like a you know a 2.8 game but other than that it but pretty, it's a lions offense yeah i mean it is the lions honestly jared goff like i just i just feel bad and like once again i'll just do a moment of silence really quick for tyro williams <laughs> thank you for laughing through that and <laughs> <laughs> got me off guard <laughs> 
uh, honestly, it, I'm not gonna get into Tyrell Williams. I, I do. I I think Khalif Raymond is a, a decent pickup if you need a flex pickup in a deep league. Definitely. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement where it's a deep league pickup only. Um, you know, fourteen yeah. team probably plus. Um, I do want to ask you guys, what the hell happened to Amon Ross a. Brown? He know. went. He had twenty three targets over the f- previous three games and got not a single target in this game. Like, what happened? Jared Goff happened. He was Jared Goff. It's not, it's not like Jared Goff wasn't there. The you know the rest of the season. Yeah, it was almost like a I just shift. Had to blame him. It was like a shift in game plan. They just they said we're gonna try to go. You know, throw the ball to Swift. Like Swift is almost a wide receiver at this point who gets. Yeah, some, you know who did catch rushes. a ball. That Amon Ra- Ross St. Brown did not. Bobby Price. You know who Bobby Price is? He's the Detroit Lions cornerback. <laughs> what, what? Like, what? <laughs> that reminds me of hearing that, like, Agnew's getting plays over LaVisca Chenault. Yeah. yeah Unbelievable. It- Fire Urban Meyer. Right. Hashtag. <laughs> I did it backwards. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hashtag, hashtag. It rhymes. Fire Urban Meyer. Fire, Fire, Urban, Meyer. Meyer. That's a hell of a chant. <laughs> <laughs> that also gave me like weird like uh, Fight Club vibes. There, there you go, Jacksonville. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the next guy in the list, a deep, kind of more of a future stash, uh, Van Jefferson, 22% of leagues. He's rostered in. Um, this guy for me is just like, well, okay, so last week um, – the Lions obviously were, were staying on this game. He, they started out a little hot and did some unpredictable plays, um, an onside kick right out of the gate, then went for it on fourth down right out of the gate um, with a fake punt and ended up going up 10-0 on the Rams. So the Rams were playing from behind from the get-go, um, which kind of led to Van Jefferson's Highest snap share of the season, ninety four percent, and he had a decent, he had a decent uh, game. For me, he's kind of like a future stash. He's gonna have some dead games. He's only really a boomer bust option right now. But if Robert Woods or Cooper Cup were to go down, um, I feel like he's like a, one of the most automatic wide receiver fill ins right now across the league. I mean, that's what it seems like, definitely. I mean, obviously, he's not going to come in and put up Cooper Cup points if Cooper Cup gets injured. But, I mean, there, there's so much volume in that offense that um, you're you're pretty much guaranteed to put up points if you're the guy getting the volume. For sure. Um, I mean, actually, he hasn't done a ton of production, but he actually is getting pretty consistent targets this so far this year. Uh, he's hovering right around about five targets a game, which is probably more than most people expected him to have. Um, this seems like... He's definitely your deep league stash. I have in our dynasty league, and I love it because um, I just expect him to get better and better. Um, yeah. The only downside to Van Jefferson is that like the two guys in front of him are under contract forever. Like, <laughs> yeah. like Robert Woods, they just they both signed they signed them just both like this last off season. so they're both under contract for you know five more years or four more years, whatever it was. Wow. And that really puts a ceiling on Van Jefferson unless one of those guys gets traded, which would be Robert Woods because no, Cooper Cup's not going anywhere. Yeah, I wanted to bring up that Van Jefferson. Um, just to compare him to Khalif Raymond, since we were just talking about him, um, Van Jefferson is more of like a boomer bust guy at this point in the league. Is what it looks uh, at this point in the season is what it looks like. And it might sound dumb to say, I'll just say right now, Khalif Raymond's almost a safer start than 
Van Jefferson would be. Yeah, probably a higher floor at this point. I mean, just with the higher floor, that's why I uh, say that. That's the only reason yeah, I say that. Consistency wise, for sure. Yeah. So like, like your safer start, absolutely. A, a yeah. safer start. I mean, <laughs> seven points isn't really like yeah. the best thing. <laughs> it's but. not. Your, yeah, it's not your best option, <laughs> but like he would be probably your safer start. Yes. I mean, Van Jefferson went from you know fifteen points to one point nine to six point two to eighteen to two point one to three point four. So yeah. I mean, very very volatile for sure. Yep, uh, but I think if you know one of those guys went down, like we were saying, it's it's he's kind of a shoe in for um, a nice target share. Um, I feel like we got to touch on the Packers receivers um, and see if any of them do you think are worth uh, waiver and play this week with Devontae Adams out with COVID uh, for Thursday night's game. Well, first of all, should we talk about the fact of like? Thoughts and prayers for Devontae Adams. Hopefully he can survive COVID. He's in peace. Hopefully he will survive COVID. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever brings it up, man. Yes. Uh, hopefully he. I'm. Sh- hopefully he's healthy. Yeah. You know, luckily, as a superstar athlete, you have the best medical care in the world. So, you know, ho- that should be, he should be come out just fine. Um, I'm all about statistics, dude. It's not a 100% success recovery rate. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. But, you know, if Cam Newton can do it, Devontae Adams can do it. Yeah, I have a doctorate (laughs) in uh, Google. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Now, with all that being said, any of these other Green Bay receivers, like, I'm going to pivot off all of them if I can. Yeah. Um, If there's one I have to pick up, I'm actually going to lean towards Cobb, only because I know he has a solid connection with, with Aaron Rodgers. I think most people are going to side with Lazard probably yeah um because you know he had a good game last week but that's a like <laughs> that's giving false hope hope he had five catches 60 yards on touchdown that all came on a single drive it was super weird he basically only was only targeted one other time in the entire game yeah um and then for whatever reason the Aaron Rodgers it was during the hurry up uh going into halftime just muscle just it was the best matchup on the field he kept and he exploited it right well, you could argue otherwise, honestly. Like it's very, it's promising that they had so much faith in someone that they would repeatedly use him over the one drive. I, but I think he, I think it, it was just because like there was a singular guy covering him the entire drive because they were going hurry up so that what you couldn't, you know. Okay, that makes more sense. definitely yeah. exploiting a matchup. But yeah, that's what um, I think. Yeah, because like you're not having substitutions. Um, I think they were exploiting a matchup that he favored. I mean, the Lazard's huge. He's six foot five. Yeah, he's a big receiver. Yeah. So he has so when he has that kind of matchup, like you know, I take advantage of it too. But he's got the seen, red zone capabilities though too. Um I know. It's just like we've seen this from him before. He you know, he's this was third year in the league or fourth year in the league. Yeah, I think so. And like so we've seen these kind of flashes and then it just you know, fizzles out real quick. Well should we just simplify it and like one through four seems like too much. Like one through three, as far as like receivers, do you think like have the best chance on the Packers for being useful in fantasy? Um, here's what I would say. I think the they they have a lot of faith in all of these guys that aren't you know obviously big names in fantasy right now. But I think the ball is going to get spread out a lot, and um. I think the only real like confident play is Robert Tunyon, like we were talking about pre-podcast um, recording. Um, I think Tunyon's the only real 
reliable play here. I think they're going to look his guaranteed. They look his way in the red zone at some point throughout the game. Um, everyone else, it's like MVS is supposed to be back this week. Yeah, you could throw him in for a boom option, and and maybe he catches a big ball for a touchdown. But that's a big if. And Lazard, big body possession guy, Cobb, full PPR underneath guy. I mean. <laughs> You're just kind of shooting for the stars, but so really the only guy I'd be confident in is Tunyon. MVS or Amari Rogers? Neither. Uh, <laughs> you have to choose one. MVS. Um, yeah, I would just if MVS is 100 percent healthy, I would go MVS. Right, but the thing is, like, he might not be healthy on this short week coming off that hamstring injury. He says he should be yeah. good to play, but it's a hamstring injury. I mean, yep. All it takes is one, you know. Bad, bad jump off on the, on the snap, and his hammy's messed again. So, yeah, sticky situation there. Um, yeah, and I have to agree though with Tanya being the only like safe play in this. Yeah, uh, Devonte Adams missed two games last year, and Robert Tanya scored four touchdowns in those games. It's gonna be tempting just because Devonte is such a big name. Like him being out, people are gonna be like, "Oh, who do I play?" But I'm telling you, the ball is gonna get spread around a lot. Yeah, and actually, I could see this being a game where they rely heavily, even out of the backfield. Uh, for you can see a lot of Jones and Dylan. Jones and Dylan, yeah, in at the same time. A lot of Jones in the Pass receiving catching. game. Yeah, that's what that's what I would actually lean mostly to. Which obviously, you're starting Aaron Jones regardless. So, tell me if I'm wrong though. If any of the receivers get a touchdown, it's gonna be Lazard. Um. If we're talking about Cobb getting a touchdown, Maybe. we're talking a red zone touchdown because he's not going to break it big. And we're talking red zone at that point, which is probably going to go Rob Tunyon, right? We're thinking. Yeah, MVS big play guy. That's the only thing that I would – that would make me question if, you know, who you're going to pick. But All right, so if you guys can't tell by now, it is a complete clusterfuck. <laughs> yeah. It's a crap shit. Like, like, talk about a fucking toss-up here, man. Like. Sounds like Bob Tunyon's going to be one of our uh, starts of the week, whoever gets to the document first. <laughs> <laughs> Starting it tonight. <laughs> yeah. Either one of you guys are going to choose him. I know that for a fact. It's just, should I choose Jasicki again? I'm kidding. Speaking <laughs> of... Uh, I just go back to Higby. <laughs> speaking of tight ends, let's move on to that position for some ads at that position. Obviously, we just talked about Tunyon. Um, worth a look. Uh, he's probably been dropped in your league. Which one of you guys did this? <laughs> like, why Why are we doing this again? I was just thinking that you're just going to start off with Evan Ingram. Just the bane I didn't know, of Tyler's I was reading existence. it. I was like, God, I don't, don't even want to say it. But it's gotta, you got to say Evan Ingram with all of uh, the injuries in New York. Look, uh, opportunity there. Um, he caught six of eight targets for 44 yards in Sunday's game against the Panthers. Um he led the Giants with six catches and was second in targets behind Darius Slayton. <laughs> He's not disappointed. <laughs> like reading. Oh, he did this like, and he did that. Sound like it's a really, you know, hey, here you go. If you always want to buy into this sales pitch again. But look, for me, those receivers are going to be coming back. Um, I've been saying for the last few weeks I'm out of the Evan Ingram game. For good, probably. <laughs> well, let's so. Just, uh, so there's only two bye weeks this week, right? But if you're it's desperate. the Eagles and the Raiders. So if you have Darren Waller or Dallas, go Dare. That's yeah. the real question. Do you replace them with Evan Ingram? Yeah, you could. You could go there. What? Well, no, I see what you did there. 
Uh, we're about to talk about this guy next. Cole hey, Commit. Cole Commit. Yeah, I think we'll we'll get to it. He's he's a better option. We're going there right now. Cole Commit, twenty nine percent of rosters. Um, Chicago Bears tight end. Um, caught five passes last week for forty three yards in the blowout loss to the Bucks. He had that one really bad uh, drop early in the game, which would have given them a first down when it was still competitive. It was never really competitive, but at least it wasn't a blowout score at that point. Um, so yeah, what do you what say you about Cole Commit, Trey? Because you're so excited to talk about him. Oh, I just think Cole, Cole Commit's a way better pickup if you have Godare or Waller, and you need to pick up a tight end this week. Um, at least over Evan Ingram, but honestly, like we're just gonna get into someone that I like even more. <laughs> And Cole Komet, we're just going to get... As we go down the list. As we go down the line. Well, CJ, it's, it's ironic. I just want to bring this up. That's why I said that. I want to bring up it's ironic because like Evan Ingram's rostered in 41% of leagues, right? Yeah. Um, on Sleeper. Cole Komet's rostered in 29% of leagues. Yep. And like, so we're getting to guys we like more in, as a consensus, right? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, as we're going down the list, there are guys we like even more that are not rostered. Yeah, CJ Uzuma. 15% uh, of leagues he's rostered in. Now, this guy's he'll disappear, but he has the op- the chance to have these boom games like he did last week. Caught all three of his targets for 92 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, in the win over the Ravens, um, one of those touchdowns was a 52-yard reception. You know, he's a boom option at the tight end position right now. Like, you can pretty much consider him a low end tight end one high end tight end two he's number four in standard leagues number 11 in ppr for tight ends yeah and that's essentially off of two games yeah yeah pretty much oh yes really you would say like three but yeah yeah definitely but that's what you're getting with him like if you're looking to stream him you're just hoping for one of those boom games because you there's not a lot of tight ends you can plug in there and be like i have the chance at two touchdowns and 20 plus fantasy points, you know what I mean? Like, so you can get them off the waivers and you have a, a shot at yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say the other guy we talked, we talked about him a lot last couple weeks, but for some reason, Ricky Seals Jones is actually only rostered in 60% of leagues, which I know is, it's above like the waiver wire cutoff. That still means there's a good chance he's available in your league. And I would much rather have Ricky Seals Jones than any of these guys we've listed so far. Oh, for sure. Does yeah. nobody care about their tight end? I don't understand like how the people are not even like. I picked him up in leagues as my backup, and I feel bad when he's like on my bench getting like fourteen points. It's just like hey, he he is a super solid tight end for sure. Here's another guy that's had four TDs in his last four games. Moali Cox rostered in eighteen percent of leagues. Uh, obviously, he's super TD dependent right now. He hasn't even gone over the fifty yard mark, but he's a target in the red zone. He's a giant human. And um, it's been effective for them in the red zone. They played tight end this uh, Tennessee this week. Tight end um, to see. Tight end to see, uh, <laughs> which should give you some tendency because <laughs> in week three, uh, Moali Cox was a non-factor, two targets, two receptions, 14 yards. So he's maybe worth a stream this week just because of the red zone targets, but don't get excited about it See, this is what i'm talking about like 18 percent of leagues mowally cox right someone who's a purely a red zone target has never really done anything like run after they catch wise right in his career that i can recall 
No, he's just a giant human. Yeah, he's just a giant red zone target, right? But CJ Uzoma, Uzama, how do you say it? How do you say it? Uh, I say Uzoma because it <laughs> they sounds... didn't work out very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that was a bad pun. <laughs> I I am the darkest complexion on this podcast, so they ask me for pronunciations. For some reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I go with Uzoma because it just sounds cooler. But basically, what I was getting at is Uzoma. Uzoma, like he passes like like the film test is what I would say. Like he runs hard after the catch, he gets yards after the catch, and he's rostered in less leagues, has more touchdowns than Moali Cox, and gets more yards. So it just doesn't make sense why people are not paying attention to things like this. Make it make sense, Tyler. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, like, there's a reason why Mohawk Cox is only rostered 18% of leagues because he's like the most boomer bust tight end play there is. Yeah. I said this last week on our matchups where it's like, I was like, he's, he just he completely relied on tight ends. I mean, sure, he's tight end number 14, but it's only because of his touchdowns. He's never had more than three catches in a game this year. Yep. I mean, touchdown come on. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I know that people are like that's you know that's what you want as a tight end. I mean, I want something a little more than that. <laughs> oh no, I'll I'll take six catches and fifty yards consistently over like a boomer bust tight end guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, quarterbacks, there's a couple streams out there worth looking at. Carson Wentz playing Tennessee, who he didn't do well against either. Um, but uh, it's a good matchup on paper. Wentz had a pretty good game last week. Worth a look for streams. Um, and then also Teddy Bridgewater playing the Washington football team who have given up the most TDs to quarterbacks uh, on the season and the second most yards. He also might have Jerry Judy coming back. Uh, so to me, Teddy Bridgewater feels like, if not the top stream, the one of the more solid streams this week at quarterback. Definitely better than Wentz. I mean, when you look at Wentz's stat line this year, um, he, he's actually like had has a nice floor, like 17 points a game, nice solid quarterback to start or stream if you need to. But for whatever reason, when he played Tennessee, only had like eight points, and that makes me really sketchy because he's he's playing them again this week. So um, just from that small sample size, I would definitely go Bridgewater over Wentz if I had to. But, but once again, like what we're saying, right, we're going with like the two bye weeks. You have either you have Derek Carr or Jalen Hurts and you're looking for a quarterback to replace him. Is that that's kind of what we're getting at right yeah. now, right? Streams, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Bridgewater I think is definitely the better replacement. I mean, yeah, these are these are basically just gonna be stream quarterbacks every week. I mean, if you're looking for this sneaky future ad, like it was Deshaun Watson two weeks ago, maybe Trey Lance, um, you know, if he ever takes over, but Mostly you're just going to be looking for streams here um, on the waivers for quarterbacks. Um, are we going to talk about P.J. Walker at all? I'm not really sure. Like, What's up with – obviously they said Sam Darnold is going to be the starter. The only reason I bring up P.J. Walker is because in the preseason I put him on my watch list just in case Sam Darnold wasn't good. And I, I loved the XFL when it was happening, and P.J. Walker looked so good. Obviously this is a different football league, completely different situation, different team, blah, 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 right? But P.J. Walker looks really good, and if he gets the starting job in Carolina, that guy can run. And yeah. you know I love me some running quarterbacks. So that's someone yeah. to at least put on your watch list. Definitely check out P.J. Walker and see if they just, I don't know, lose faith in Sam Darnold. Yeah, you yeah. know, honestly, you know who I would take over both these quarterbacks as a good stream this week? is Daniel Jones. Only rostered, only rostered in 34% of leagues. He's playing Kansas City. Kansas City just... Defense has basically made every quarterback look good. Yeah. And you have that running factor. 
Um, Could be getting some weapons back. Yeah, weapons back. I mean, he put up a solid 17 points this last week, uh, and he's removed most of the turnovers this year. The first season in the league, like, like Jesus, guys, yeah. you know, turning over more than, like, we've seen. Like, it was at a historic pace. Stumbling, fumbling. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he's cut that down. Obviously, he had three picks two weeks ago. But it's against the Rams. I mean, come on. The Rams are good defense. They have Jalen Ramsey. He had nobody to throw to because they're all injured. So, um, I, I would actually lean towards Danny Dimes over both the the guys we just mentioned. Hell, yeah. Let's get into some buy or sell. Uh, last week we gave you five by ourselves. Uh, first one was cup to be a top five wide receiver. He finished as the wide receiver one. I, as in Jim is the only one who bought that and believed in Cooper cup. Go Eags, baby. Trade Tyler Bull sold. We support the Eags also, but Daryl Williams <laughs> finishes as a top 12 back was our second pick. Uh, finished as the RB30, not as cool at all. Trey, <laughs> Trey sold. He got that Seemed one right. It. Uh, me and Tyler both bought Henderson 20 plus points against Detroit. I'm interested how you bought both Cup and, I, hey, <laughs> and Henderson on this. Hey, baby, you gotta roll them dice sometimes. Um, we all bought that Henderson 20 plus, and we all got that wrong. Uh, Fournette seventeen plus fantasy fantasy points against Chicago. Uh, I bought it. I got it right. Trey and Tyler sold. You, I think you got this wrong. Yeah, he only got sixteen points. He had sixteen points. You were wrong. Oh. We were right. <laughs> I mean, it was close, but you were still wrong. Jim thought he was tight. Nah, I got ah, it right. that puts me in the lead. <laughs> ah, yeah. So I got three right. Jim got two Dang. right, and Irby got two right. Uh, I try to sneak one by you guys. Uh, Lamar Jackson, 18-plus versus Cincinnati. Uh, we all bought it. He got 23, so we all were right. Uh, this week we have three by ourselves. Um, let's start her here with Leonard Fournette, Lombardi Lenny. Sorry for getting lazy on you guys this week, only three versus five last week. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh Buy or sell Rich Bisaccia being in the Pro Football Hall of Fame when he retires. <laughs> Sorry. I got excited. I shook the table. Yeah, that almost took out the whole set here. Uh, top 12 back, Leonard Fournette, week eight. Um, he was the RB3 in week six, RB7 last week. Week four, he was the RB14. Week five, RB15. And he's playing the Saints in week eight. Yikes. Honestly, the Saints are so good against the run. It's crazy. Um, I'm going to sell. I think this is just a really tough matchup for running backs. I think you can end up seeing them lean a little little more on uh, Gio Bernard in the passing game here. So I'm going to sell. You know what? I am going to buy it. <laughs> they, they do have a really good run defense, but um, if Fournette gets the majority of the carries, I think it's possible that he could have a really good game. And they're giving up an average of 15 points a game right now, but that's really, really weighted heavily by them giving up only four to Patriots running backs and four to the Packers running backs. All the other games is 20-plus points. So I think that gives Fournette a good chance. But that's to all running backs, not just a singular running back. You know, That's all running backs on the team. So oh, That's what I'm saying. I'm hoping he'll get like 14 of the 20. But also, I mean, we're saying top 12. So, like, most weeks, top 12 running back, you need what? At least 15 points? 
Oh yeah, I would say uh well let's see here. Um Well, with running back I top twelve, I mean top twelve could literally be like fourteen, fifteen points. Which I think if he which yeah. he has been doing lately is majority of the carries. You know, if you get seventy five percent of the running back touches, he'd be in a pretty good spot. Yeah, fifteen points. Uh for me it's a buy. Um I know the Saints have been tough, but Leonard Fournette is getting like all the receiving work or a lot of receiving work. And um, Ronald Jones, I know got some work last week in the running game, but that's just, I think game script and they were up so much. They wanted to run Ronald Jones a little bit. So um, for me, it's just like the workload and um, you know, his featured role, which he's gotten at this point. um, It's a buy for me. Is that it? <laughs> I bought it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we all yeah. gave our answer. Yeah, uh, I totally bought it. Aaron Rodgers, 18-plus fantasy points against Arizona on Thursday night football without Devontae Adams. Essentially, are you guys buying this? Like, So if you're buying it, you're saying go ahead and start Rodgers, or would you maybe look to pivot if possible? You buy it. It's going to be uh, a real nice shootout, I think. Um, I'm not quite sure what the over under is gonna be, but if it's around 50 points, I'm going over. It's 51 at this point. Yeah, yeah, over for sure. It's gonna be a high scoring game. It, like, I just feel like it's kind of meant to be, but um, maybe not. I, I, at the same time, it could go the other way with the Cardinals' defense being pretty good, Green Bay Packers' offense being limited a little bit. The Packers' offense is like really hit or miss, but when they are playing good, they do play really well. So. Yeah, the only thing that scares me is Devontae Adams being out, obviously. Uh, but I think when it comes down to it, Rodgers has had 18-plus six out of the seven weeks. Only week he didn't is week one where they had that weird game against the Saints. I'm going to buy it as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's really <laughs> tough. Uh, Arizona is the second-best Defense against quarterback so far this year, only giving up 13 points a game. So I mean, it's a, this is a tough this is a tough buy, but again, it's Aaron Rodgers, it's prime time, and even without Devonte Adams, I expect him to go out there and sling it around. So uh, I'm gonna buy it also. I mean, Aaron Rodgers' worst game of the year. Um, Tyler trying to catch up, so he's you know copying <laughs> our picks. Oh wow! <laughs> How agreeing with you doesn't make me catch up in All any right, way. Well, you just yeah. You, uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess that also makes sense too. I was gonna say is it Aaron Rodgers' worst game. Uh, I mean, that was Week One. I think we can all say that's like not really like a real Aaron Rodgers game. That's just ridiculous. He only had three point three points. His floor at this point is eighteen point five. His worst game of the year so far: two touchdowns, two hundred sixty yards against the Forty ers Yep, eighteen or more is six out of seven weeks. So um, we're all buying. Uh, Kyle Pitts for a last buy or sell here. 15-plus against Carolina. Um, Trey, what do you say? This one's kind of a tough one because the Panthers have played some decent tight end teams, nothing too good, and they've been shutting them down for the most part, but these are like not really that prominent tight ends, kind of like middle-of-the-pack tight ends. The most they've allowed in the season is 19 to the Cowboys. Um, other than that, it's 13 to the Vikings. Everything else is single-digit points to tight ends. That being said, I'm buying it. 
Because I did a complete 180 on Kyle Pitts this weekend. <laughs> it, it's just ridiculous. The amount of uses they have, even with Kyle Ridley and Russell Gage being back, like if anything, it opened it up more for him. So I, I'm uh, more on Kyle Pitts than I ever have been. So I buy. Yeah, a couple of big weeks, the last couple of weeks for Kyle Pitts. He's kind of um, gotten to that level that everyone was expecting, you know, uh, going into the season. Um, Jeez, yeah, 10 targets last week, nine receptions for 119 yards, eight targets last week for seven receptions, 163 yards. I got to buy it. I got to buy that he goes 15-plus on Carolina's defense that has kind of set uh, simmered down a bit in recent weeks. I mean, he's by far going to be the best tight end that they've played this year. Yeah. So... Yeah, um, I'm going to buy it also uh, for everything you guys said. I mean, he's trending in the right direction. He's had two back-to-back very good games. They're starting to really implement him into the offense, and he is by far the best uh, tight end they've played so far. I mean, other than that, there's Dalton. Uh, also, the Eagles duo, which is a little, you know, back then they had two different Titans they were really uh, throwing to, and then, yeah, Dalton Schultz, too. has been consistent this year, but he's not exactly considered a top-flight tight end in this league. So, yeah, I'm going to buy right. it. We're all on the buy side then. Um, Let's do a quick little Thursday night preview, even though we've kind of already touched on it quite a bit. Uh, But we'll we'll touch on this game real quick, um, and then we'll give you the rest of the matchups on our Friday episode. Um, So the Thursday night game, Green Bay Packers taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Right now the Cardinals are six-point favorites uh, with the over-under at 51. Uh, we talked about the Green Bay side of the ball quite a bit with Devontae Adams being out. The only guy we're all feeling comfortable playing at this point on Thursday is Tunyon as your tight end, uh, as a streaming tight end option. On the Green Bay side. Yeah. Well, obviously you're playing Aaron Rod- uh, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers. You're, we're, all, we're all playing without Devontae. I mean, we're all buying 18 points, so I would assume we're all yeah. playing him. Okay. Um. Aaron Jones, you're playing. Now would you play Aaron Dillon? Uh, AJ Dillon. Aaron uh, Jones Dillon? Aaron Jones Dillon. <laughs> Is that they're what actually, AJ means? They're actually they're morphing them into one person this week. So should be ready to go Thursday as one back. So you mean they're becoming Derrick Henry? Yes. <laughs> um, but would you play AJ Dillon uh, or consider him a flex this week? No. Oh. No, no. I mean, I, I just, I don't have any cons- consistency from him yet. Uh, I mean, obviously, I know they're trying to work him into the game plan more, but I'm still waiting to see the production follow it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It's a risky play. I mean, I, I think the the Packers gonna be going in this game just knowing that like whoever wins has a really good shot of being like the top team in the NFC. If um, besides the Buccaneers, right? So like this game is really important to them, and I think at that point. It it leans more on Aaron Jones at that point. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, so receivers were staying away from. You probably have better options. It's just going to be the uncertainty and the risk of a short week. It's not a great play. Um, I'll just say it right now, Lazard. Lazard is my my choice. If you had to play one, yeah, I mean that's he's probably got the best bet for a decent game. That's the dart that I'm throwing. Um, Arizona side of the ball, 
Uh, Kyler Murray looked good. Um, you're obviously starting. Um, DeAndre Hopkins starting. Um, but what about the other receivers? Christian Kirk got some work. AJ Green. Um, any of those guys you feel confident in playing? It seems like AJ Green. Um, I feel like Tyler called this recently. AJ Green's workload is increasing, and he's being like more productive. Um, Christian Kirk to me is still very hit or miss with being like the third guy on the offense. I, I'm really curious, really, what you guys think about um, James Conner because he's really staying relevant fantasy wise by being a touchdown vulture, and it seems like this is a good opportunity for him because the Packers are giving up a decent amount of running, uh, rushing touchdowns. Yeah. And if anyone does get it, we all know it's going to be James Conner because they just refuse to let Chase Edmonds run the ball in. Yeah, it's it's honestly so frustrating watching those games and watching Chase Edmonds basically do all the work and then James Conner comes in once they get to the 15 and, you know. So are they both stars then? The you know zone. what I'm saying? Because I feel like Edmonds is definitely I mean, worthy at this of point, a start. At this point, it's almost James Connors, like almost a better start just because of the touchdown upside. Like Chase Edmonds just doesn't get those look like he gets zero valuable touches, like none, <laughs> you know, unless he breaks, uh, you know, it catches a ball out of the backfield and breaks it for a touchdown or breaks a big runoff. He's literally not going to get in the end zone. So one of these weeks they're going to, they're going to, recognize that as a team and just like force feed him some goal line touches to get him some touchdowns. But you're, you don't want to gamble on that. In my opinion, I think you probably have to start both of them, but yeah, I, it sucks at this point for Edmonds managers. Honestly, um, I think you guys are both a little off here in terms of him being strictly a goal line vulture. They're basically splitting carry so far this year. And James Conner is averaging about 50 yards a game. Um, he's just He is getting get certainly more valuable touches. So I would agree there that James Conner is your better start because of the touchdowns. But, I mean, yeah. they're splitting carries, and James Conner is producing. Honestly, he's averaging, like, you know, four yards a carry so far this year, which basically is all you really want from running back in terms of, you know, yards per carry aspect. So and that brings up a good point, honestly, because the, the Packers have only allowed um, the most – uh, receiving yards they've allowed to a running back this year is 53, which we know that's where Chase Edmonds is getting his work. So maybe that is like kind of solidifying us saying that James Conner would be the better start this week over Chase Edmonds against the Packers. Yeah, I think he is. I mean, the Cardinals are undefeated. So I think from their coach's perspective, what they're doing is working and they're not going to change shit, you know, just to please <laughs> Chase Edmonds and his, you know, stat line. So, yeah, um, pretty sure we said earlier, uh, NFL coaches don't give a shit about your fantasy team. No, and quite frankly, they don't really care about you know their players' stat lines either. You know, from they want to get a W. So, did Matt Nagy say that? You better tell him I don't care about him either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you and ninety percent of Chicago. <laughs> right. So it's going to be frustrating from here on out, but um, James Conner is probably the better start just for the pure touchdown upside. Um, receivers, it kind of breaks down. Hopkins, one. A.J. Green, two. Christian Kirk, the three. Ruth Rondell Moore thrown in there. So 
Yeah, that I think we are starting to finally see kind of that receiver breakdown. Yeah. Um. Now, granted, obviously Kirk or Rondell Moore could break out um, any given week, right? They could. But in terms of your, your consistent floor production, that's definitely the, or, the order they're in. And then Zach Ertz, um, my start of the week last week at tight end, looked pretty good. Um, they are definitely getting him involved right away. Um, and he made some some good plays. So I think Zach Ertz is, a, again, a, a good start at tight end. For sure. I mean, he immediately comes in and produces. He's only played 50% or just under 50% of the snaps in that first game. Still had five targets, three catches, 66 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, that's kind of what Max Williams was doing before he went down. Yeah. And he's just st- filling right in. Now, that the role. issue is that that only makes it harder for you to be able to really trust, like, the Christian Kirk or the Rondell Moore week in and week out. Yeah. Because Ertz is going to get targets. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, last week, Against the Packers, uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, who we were talking about earlier, who you should be picking up, uh, someone who's only been starting for a couple weeks, had six catches for 50 yards, which is a nice base for a tight end. And the last time the Packers played like a pretty good tight end was against the Lions, TJ Hawkinson, eight catches, 66 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, Packers secondary still um, obviously missing their main guy in Jair Alexander, but uh, banged up throughout uh, the secondary, so... Um, some some vulnerability there for sure. Um, that's probably it for that game, though. So we will catch you guys on Friday for our matchup episode where we will take you through every single matchup of the week, give you our start of the weeks, starts of the week, starts of the week. <laughs> uh, my plurals are off. Um. So, yeah, good luck in waivers. Uh, Thank you for listening. We are the FF Fathers on Twitter. Um, Give us a like, a follow, a listen, and we'll catch you later. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, folks. Yeah, catch us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. We're always sharing, like, relevant fantasy stuff, especially on game days, stuff that will really help you out with your lineups. Uh, Yeah, once again, thanks for listening. Have a good one. Yeah, you would have heard about that Foster Moreau uh, situation if you woke up early. Oh, yeah. Yep, I was on that Foster Moreau situation very early, and I was completely right about it. Um, Yeah, just follow us on Twitter, man. We'll we'll definitely help you out on these Sundays, Thursdays. Um, Probably not Mondays, I'll be honest, but definitely Sundays and Thursdays. (laughs) (laughs) All right. See you later. Deuces. Have a good one.